Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. This week, we're pulling back the curtain and learning the true history of American education. We'll be walking through the Jewish feasts, and we'll take a deep dive inside what every American needs to know about the Quran. Thank you for being here today. This Saturday, Southwest Radio Ministries will be in Des Moines, Iowa for a special one-day prophecy conference. You are invited to come hear Michael Hoggard reveal Vatican secrets. Micah Van Hus will examine the earth as it was. Larry Stamm and Josh Davis will look at the Jewish roots of Christianity and expose the fake Jesus. And for the first time, Clayton Van Hus will present the Bible prophecy concerning the star and a scepter. Make plans to join us this Saturday for a full day of insight, information, and encouragement. Des Moines, Iowa Prophecy Conference, this Saturday, doors open at 8 a.m. For the complete list of speakers, topics, and to register, visit the events page of our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Or give us a call, 1-800-652-1144. Friends, the Jewish feast of Yom Kippur concludes later today. Messianic Jew Larry Stamm is here to share special insight on this highest of all Jewish holy days. I'm privileged to be joined again by one of our great friends in ministry, Larry Stamm. And we are going to be walking through the Jewish fall feasts. He's going to unpack that for us and tell us all about it. Today is a very special day on the calendar It is Yom Kippur. We're going to unpack all the significance of what that means, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and the pictures of Christ and the fulfillment that we see in Jesus Christ and so much more. We are visiting with Larry Stamm. He is the founder of Larry Stamm Ministries. He's fully Jewish and fully Christian, the son and the grandson of Holocaust survivors. Larry, we welcome you back to Watchmen on the Wall. Josh, always a privilege and a blessing. Well, why don't you unpack this for us? Uh, What are the three fall feasts described for us in the Scriptures? It would be good for us initially to talk about Leviticus 23, where God introduces the feasts of Israel. In Leviticus 23, verses 1 and 2, the Word of God says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, The feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, these are my feasts. Now, the Hebrew word used here for feasts is the word moed, which means appointed time, a time for people to stop everything and focus our attention on God, who he is and what he has done for us. Now, in ancient Israel, these feasts were not feasts in the modern sense of banquets and celebrations, but Josh they were rather based on the altar of sacrifice. Now, the first of these feasts is the Sabbath or the Shabbat, a weekly reminder of the creation of the world and of God's covenant with Israel. The other seven annual feasts fall naturally into two distinct groups. The first four of these occur in the spring and are all related to the Passover. The last three all take place during the seventh month of the Hebrew calendar, the sacred month of Tishri, and are known as the Fall Feasts of Israel. Now, I want your audience to know that the Fall Feasts, Rosh Hashanah, the Feasts of Trumpets, which occurred on 
September 16th and began the new year, 5784. That is all about repentance. And the next feast, 10 days later, Yom Kippur, today on the Jewish calendar, the holiest day on the Jewish calendar that we're going to talk about in depth in a moment, that's all about redemption. And then five days after Yom Kippur is Sukkot, otherwise known as the Feast of Tabernacles, it's also known as the Feast of Ingathering. But I want your audience to know that these fall feasts are unique among God's appointed times because they form a natural progression of thought that for the Christian will really resonate. And I want to give a quote from a great book called The Fall Feasts of Israel from the author Mitch Glazer, who wrote, quote, The Feasts of Trumpets teaches repentance, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, redemption, and Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, or booths, rejoicing. On the Feast of Trumpets, the sound of the ram's horn calls upon each Jewish person to repent and confess his sins before his Maker. The Day of Atonement is that ominous day when peace is made with God. On the Feast of Tabernacles, Israel obeys God's command to rejoice over the harvest and the goodness of God. And then he concludes by writing, it's necessary to pass through repentance and redemption in order to experience his joy. For the Christian, these concepts of repentance, redemption, and rejoicing are obviously important to us because they communicate much about our relationship with the Lord. For when we repent or turn from our sins, asking God to forgive us, we're redeemed, and the natural response being rejoicing. So there's a little bit about the context of the fall feast, Josh, as we talk on this most holy days, Yom Kippur. Thank you, Brother Larry, and we certainly need that understanding to keep these things in context. And as we said earlier, today is Yom Kippur. And we want to speak specifically about that as we're moving through the fall feasts. What is this Day of Atonement in the Old Testament? Well, again, turning back to Leviticus 23, where God institutes the feasts, we read in verses 26 through 28 about Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. From the Word of God, and the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Also the tenth day of this seventh month shall be the Day of Atonement, it shall be a holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord, and you shall do no work on that same day, for it is the day of atonement, to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. There, God institutes Yom Kippur. All Jewish people on this most holy day who will go to the synagogue, they'll fast. They'll implore God to forgive their sins. This word yom means day. Kippur means atonement, which comes from the Hebrew word kaper, which means to cover. And if you remember, the forgiveness of sins in the Old Testament was through the sacrificial system of atonement God gave Israel on the altar. The life-for-life principle is the foundation of the sacrificial system, specifically blood sacrifice. And we see the foundational scripture, Josh. In Leviticus 17, verse 11, where the Word of God says, The life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So there is a little introduction to 
Yom Kippur. Also there in Leviticus chapter 16, it talks about the process of how the high priest would enter into that Holy of Holies. And can you unpack that day, what that day would look like for the people of Israel and the scapegoat and some of those different things, the elements that were involved with the Day of Atonement and the special sacrifices that were made on that day? The high priest would only go into the Holy of Holies one day a year on Yom Kippur. The blood of bulls, lambs, and goats would be sacrificed by the high priest, and on Yom Kippur, special sacrifices would be made by him. In Leviticus 16, as you mentioned, God describes how these sacrifices were to be offered. That was where the very presence of God dwelt, the Holy of Holies. The high priest would enter the Holy of Holies, He would offer sacrifices on the altar and sprinkle blood on the mercy seat to atone for his sins. Then two male goats would be chosen by lot. One would be slaughtered and its blood would be sprinkled on the mercy seat, trusting that God would accept the sacrifices as atonement for the people of Israel. The high point of the ritual was the ceremony involving the second goat called the scapegoat, which is described also in Leviticus 16 and verses 21 and 22, where the Word of God says, Then Aaron laid both of his hands on the head of the live goat and confessed over it all the iniquities of the sons of Israel and all their transgressions in regard to all their sins. And he lay them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of the many who stands in readiness. And the goat shall bear on itself all its iniquities to a solitary land and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. So there you go from Leviticus 16, the work of the high priest, and then the ceremony regarding the scapegoat, which we use in modern parlance, interestingly. That's true, and I think that the tabernacle itself, if I remember correctly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe that there was goat's hair that uh, overlaid some of the fabric in the tabernacle roof structure, I believe, and that that would be a constant reminder of this Day of Atonement as the priest would minister there in the tabernacle. And this is a, a powerful picture, and we're going to turn to what does the New Testament have to say as it looks back at this day. And we are visiting with Larry Stamm, He's the founder of Larry Stam Ministries and a frequent guest here on Watchmen on the Wall, and we are grateful for his ministry. Now, friends, we do want to let you know this talk that we are discussing today is available on CD, that you can get a recording of this program. But also, Larry has some wonderful DVD teachings walking through the Jewish feast, and those are available through our ministry by calling 1-800-652-1144 or by going online to swrc.com. He has a DVD on the Feast of Tabernacles, which we're going to talk about in just a few minutes, Uh, the Miracles of Hanukkah, the Feast of Passover. All three of these individually are $20 a piece, but you can get all three for $50. And again, you can get those by reaching out to our ministry, 1-800-652-1144, or by visiting swrc.com. Now, Larry, let's turn to the New Testament as we're talking about Yom Kippur and all that this day means. Where do we see the fulfillment of this wonderful picture in the Old Testament? 
We all need to understand a very important historical fact to help us better understand the person and work of Jesus, and it's this. The temple was destroyed in 70 AD, and that's very, very important. We just mentioned that the foundation for Old Testament sacrifice was blood atonement, that it was the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. But the problem would be that when the temple was destroyed, there was no more altar. And if no altar, no sacrifice for sin. And if no sacrifice for sin, no forgiveness. Well, what happened when the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, Josh, was that the unbelieving rabbinic community had to figure out a way to propagate the religion of Judaism and specifically atonement without an altar of sacrifice. And they convened in the desert in the Holy Land in a place called Yavna. They hammered out the foundations of what we know today as traditional rabbinic Judaism. And now the magic formula for forgiveness of sins going forward without a temple would be this magic formula of prayer, repentance, and good works, all of which you'll find scriptures in the Jewish Bible, better known to us as Christians as the Old Testament. But here's the problem. The sin debt must be paid. And I've used this illustration when witnessing to Jewish people over the years, and specifically Orthodox Jewish people. I've said, listen, here's an example, a modern-day example of the problem with prayer, repentance, and good works being the means of forgiveness or having our sins atoned for. If I go before the judge on Judgment Day and, I'm, and I confess my sins to the judge and I say, Judge, here's the deal. Guilty as charged. I've done A, B, or C, but here's the deal. I've given alms to the poor. I've repented of that sin, and I'm really, 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 really sorry. Can I go home now? That silence is telling, isn't it? That's mm -hmm. exactly what I've had people share with me. And I would say to them, I would say, do you understand what I'm saying? The judge in so many words will say, the debt must be paid. And so we know that our sin debt has been paid in full by Yeshua HaMashiach. That's the Hebrew way to say Jesus, the Messiah. Yes. And we can know for sure that our sins are forgiven in him. See, there would no longer be a need for the temple because the great high priest Jesus whom John the baptizer calls in John 1.29, he looked at Yeshua Jesus and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9, wrote these words about Jesus, our high priest, and about his sacrificial death, when the writer wrote, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. And then we could also add the Apostle Paul writing in Ephesians 1, 7, where he wrote about the Lord. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And so it's very critical to understand if there's a Jewish person listening to my voice today, and you're wondering how you can have your sins forgiven know that the blood of the Messiah has been shed for you once for all. You're not going to have your sins forgiven through prayer, repentance, and good works, but simply through faith in the righteous work of the righteous one, Messiah, on your behalf. And that's very important to say.
Amen, Larry. I couldn't agree with you more, and thank you so much for sharing that. Friends, we are visiting with Larry Stamm, and we are offering some of the products that we have available from Brother Larry through our website, and you can reach out to us by calling 1-800-652-1144 or by visiting swrc.com. We're talking about this special day, Yom Kippur, and we're also talking about what happens five days after that as the Feast of Tabernacles begins, the third of the fall feasts, as Larry told us in the beginning. And so let's move to the Feast of Tabernacles. You said that we move from repentance to redemption, as pictured in Yom Kippur, to rejoicing, as in the Feast of Tabernacles. Why don't you unpack that a little bit for us? What is this feast all about? It encompasses several things. First of all, it's the last harvest feast of the season. It also speaks to God's faithfulness, His provision, His protection during the Jewish people's 40-year wilderness wandering. In Leviticus 23, we go back to verses 33 and 34, where the Lord spoke to the people and said, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, The 15th of this seventh month, the month of Tishri, the month that we're in now, the 15th day of the seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. So in biblical times, this was, as I mentioned, a joyful celebration of the final harvest, the final fall harvest. It was a time of ingathering at Jerusalem. And now your audience needs to remember that Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, was the last of the three feasts where all males were commanded by God to come to Jerusalem. Passover and Pentecost, also known as the Feast of Weeks or Shavuot in the spring, being the other two. We see that, and then we note that there would be this time where the Jewish people would be commanded to build temporary huts or sukkabus. We were commanded to build and to live in temporary huts, sukkabus, to remember our 40-year wilderness wandering. And I can tell your audience that even today around the world during Sukkot, that Jewish people will build tabernacles. I was a missionary in New York to my Jewish people in a number of years in the 2000s, and we would see tabernacles, sukkabus all over the cities. You can imagine Mm. New York City, skyscrapers and everything, and you would see especially in places like Brooklyn, outside of Manhattan, you would see in Brooklyn and Queens, you would see you would see tabernacles during this time. It was a really, really exciting time. Mm. So there's a little bit about a little bit about the Old Testament feast of Sukkot or the Feast of Tabernacles. And as we move into the New Testament period, what do we see there in terms of this Feast of Tabernacles? Maybe the listeners are wondering. Did Jesus ever celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles? Well, you bet he did. And actually, in John chapter 7, Jesus is teaching at the temple during Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles. There were two ceremonies that were part of the feast that were not mentioned in the Leviticus 23 passage that I read earlier, or anywhere in Leviticus 23, but had become very prominent traditions during the Feast of Tabernacles at the time of Christ. One of those was called the water-pouring ceremony, which had very significant importance. 
what the priests did was they would take these large cisterns and they would go to the pool of Salom. They would fill the cisterns up. They would march in and around the altar where the sacrifices were taking place. And then they would pour water on the altar. And the water would be a picture of God's blessing and the provision of rain. But Josh, the water would also be a picture and a symbol of God's presence. Mm -hmm. So it would be a picture of God's provision and also a picture of God's presence. And Jesus takes this particular moment in John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38, and he stands among the crowd during this water-pouring ceremony, and he cries out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. So Jesus takes this opportunity and communicates to the people very clearly, if you really want God's presence, if you really want God's provision, here I am, the living water. I have water that will slake your thirst forever. And we can remember a few chapters earlier in John chapter 4, when Jesus spoke in similar ways to the Samaritan woman, when he was talking to her also about the living water. There was also a ceremony called the Illumination of the Temple. In the court of the women at the temple, I don't know, your listeners may realize that Jerusalem is, is located at the highest point in the city. And at the temple is at the highest point in Jerusalem. There were four giant candelabras. They stood about 75 feet tall. Maybe your listeners can get a grasp of that. And on the first day of the feast, the priests would march up. They'd put these huge ladders on these candles, and they'd light these candelabras. And the Talmud, the Jewish oral law, says that when these candelabras were lit, At night, Jerusalem was illumined like it was the day. Mm. It was a fantastic sight. And we don't know for sure, but Jesus may very well have been standing next to these candles when in John chapter 8, verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And he wasn't just talking about if you don't have enough light when the sun goes down, he was talking about the fact that there's a spiritual darkness in the world and he had come and has come to deal with it. He's the light of the world. And when he was talking about the water and the water pouring ceremony, he wasn't just saying that thirst is just a physical problem when you don't have enough rain. He was also communicating the reality of a spiritual thirst that can only be satisfied by him, the living water. So there's a little bit about the relationship between Christ and his, his saving work and the Feast of Tabernacles. We're visiting with Larry Stamm, and uh, he has a wonderful ministry and is very involved with Watchmen on the Wall and Southwest Radio Ministries, and we're very grateful for this wonderful input today and really teaching us all about Yom Kippur and the Feast of Tabernacles. Friends, we want to remind you, you can pick up a copy of DVD teaching series where Brother Larry walks through the Feast of Tabernacles. It's available through our ministry by calling 1-800-652-1144. We call this series Walking Through Jewish Feasts. Larry Stam unpacks for you the Feast of Tabernacles in one DVD, another one on the Miracles of Hanukkah, and another on the Feast of Passover. We've got some more in the works that we'll be putting into this series, but 
Those three DVDs are available right now through our ministry, $20 each, or you can get all three for your gift of $50. We appreciate your partnership with us in ministry, dear friends. And Larry, we appreciate your partnership with us as well. Uh, We still have a little bit of time left, but while we're here right now speaking about your ministry, how can people connect with you and your ministry? Well, our ministry, Larry Stan Ministries, we exist to make the gospel of Jesus a confident topic of conversation for every Christian. Today, we're talking about Jewish roots of the Christian faith. And when we learn more about the gospel, I argue that we're going to be more effective in sharing it with others. So we do evangelism equipping. We obviously, we teach Jewish roots of the Christian faith, as we're talking about today. If people want to find out more, they can go to our website, Josh, at LarryStam.org. That's LarryStam.org, L-A-R-R-Y-S-T-A-M-M.org. Okay, thank you, Brother Larry. I was just thinking as you were sharing about the Feast of Tabernacles and how that it says in John 1.14, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That word dwelt literally means to tabernacle, and God has come to be with us. In the minute or so that we have together, can you make it clear one more time? I know you've done a great job of this, but one more time, just make it clear for people how that they can call upon Christ in case they never have as their Savior. Well, friends, as you're listening to my voice, if you actually believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose again from the dead, Simply confess your sins and receive Jesus by faith. The Bible says in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, confess your sins to God, ask him to forgive you your sins, and by faith receive Jesus and receive forgiveness of sins and the gift of abundant and eternal life. And if you've got questions about that, again, Contact the ministry at swrc.com, either via email or via phone, or I'm sure they've got a place on their website where you can contact them. Also, you can contact me at larrystam.org if you have questions. But it's that simple, but it's the most important decision that you'll ever make, friends. Amen. And Larry, you said it just right. Friends, we do invite you to reach out to us in case you have questions about that Our phone number, 1-800-652-1144, or visit swrc.com. Larry, thank you so much for your time today. Josh, always a blessing. Thank you so much, and God bless you and your audience. Walk through the Jewish feasts and holidays with Larry Stamm. This special three-DVD set looks deeply into the Feast of Tabernacles, the holiday commemorating God's faithfulness to the Jewish people during their wilderness wanderings. Hanukkah its meaning and importance to Christian life, and the Feast of Passover on the origin of communion and its symbols and elements. Order all three of these outstanding DVDs today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order on our website, swrc.com. Walk through the Jewish Feast with Larry Stamm who is fully Jewish and fully Christian, the son and grandson of Holocaust survivors. Order your DVDs today when you call 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, we begin a brand new series with Von Schatzer looking at the history of American education. 
Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.